2: Phil Mackie That boy is crazy Judd Zolgad I like the guy yeah. But he says goofy stuff mm-hmm. Mackey and Judd On 1500 ESPA it's OTAs It's time for OTAs It's time
1: for OTAs, time for OTAs. Actually, Organized team activity.
0: Actually they are done They just got done Minicamp oh. is next And then training camp When's minicamp?
1: Minicamp is in the middle of June If I'm not mistaken And then they get a month off To hopefully not yes. get in trouble and The time the coaches hate the most Because you lose track Of all your players For sure not a good thing. So, yeah, you, you can always find amazing Vikings coverage on 1500ESPN.com. Matthew Collar. Uh, he's got a three-part Kirk Cousins series that you can read. <laughs> That's all? Just stopped at three? But They're all like 5,000 words, though. Well, I
0: know, but let's get up to four or five.
1: They're full breakdowns. And so you can read that and also Purple Podcast. He's doing the uh, best audio highlights from OTAs and analysis. So all kinds of great stuff. If you're unfamiliar, 1500ESPN.com. But uh, you've put together here. Yes, there's always off-season storylines, and this happens in baseball too, where spring training goes on, and in the NFL it's off-season workouts. There's all kinds of fluffy storylines that really don't matter. But you know, you're just looking to pass the time as a football fan or media. Right. But then there's if you dig through the haystack of storylines, there's some needles in there, right? So, uh, what are we calling this
0: game? We're calling this game: is it a story or is it off-season? Filler slash fluff, and I picked out from uh, from the items that Matthew Collar posted on uh, Tuesday on our website. He would I, never post fluff. I what are picked you talking out fo- about? No, no, no. But sometimes, sometimes, as you know, you're trying to cover things and you're throwing out uh, items that might be broached by coaches or players. And sometimes you say that's really good, and okay. sometimes you say that's off season fluff. Okay, all no, right. And so number one on is it a story or is it off season filler? Dalvin Cook is back. The The Vikings had talked about getting Cook prepared for training camp, but he was on the field for the full practice on Tuesday. He took reps with the first team, taking a few handoffs, pass protecting, and even motioning out to wide receiver during a red zone drill. So I will ask you, Phil Mackey, is the return of Dalvin Cook in in shorts and not pads a story or offseason filler? It's a story. Because it's just it's sort of a step in the
1: inevitable direction of him being back Dave agrees. It's a story. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. That is absolutely a story.
0: <laughs> now, Dave being hurt, that's a story. Dave to... playing
1: hurt is a definite Who story. Who do you sound like right now? Kind of... Grim death? <laughs> <laughs> can you give us, like, a Michael Buffer...
2: Ooh, let's get ready to rumble! No, actually, I can't, because I'm sure could... my voice won't last. But you can go out. pretty low, though, can't you? Uh, yeah. Let's get ready to rumble! Oh, that first. Well, oh, be
1: careful. Hey, hold on. Before we get back into this game, don't strain the high part. But like, how low can you get your voice right now? Give us like the lowest baritone you can. What do you mean, Phil? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, what? Wow. that's good. Uh, can't get enough of your love, babe. Yeah, there it is, right there. Oh, I like that. Give us that. a Brad Childress. Uh, uh, we are, uh, we are. Uh, didn't uh, do so well in the first half there Uh, made a couple mistakes that's uh, that's, that's, uh, I think you're hitting a home run right now that's who he reminds me of Brad Children Uh, I think uh, you know with uh, Brad under center uh, perhaps uh, you know things got a little squirrely there towards the end talk about Tahi Uh, (laughs) Tahi you know uh, the 12th minute in the huddle there I don't know I don't don't really know what happened there (laughs) That's uh, uh, unfortunate. Uh, we have to uh, go home. That's good. That's
0: really good. That's uh, pretty good. i going to have good.
2: a cocktail the size of Judd's head. Uh, it is. It's Brad I, Childress. It's, oh. Brad, it's the Brad Childress voice. It's
1: the uh, it's, And the Dalvin Cook thing is a story. I can only think of maybe five running backs that I would for sure take right now over Dalvin Cook after seeing what he looked like in the first month of his career. Well, David Johnson coming off I I would I would say David Johnson. Much you know, he was much more established than Dalvin Cook, both coming off injuries. Uh Ty Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn well, McCoy still, although he's you know what though? He's I like don't thirty know, years old. I don't man. know about that. He's thirty. I don't know about that. Uh and then you could you could convince me maybe on Kareem Hunt, although his season slowed way down
0: Mm-mm. after uh, after the first part of it. Nope. Those last okay. two, I'm putting I'm putting Dalvin Cook above those last two.
1: Okay, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you on that. Um, Alvin Kamara maybe on that list, but again, I,
0: yeah, that I could see. It, yes, so, but yep. that, but that's it.
1: There's maybe only about four or five guys that you would say, yeah, okay, for sure, I would take that over Dalvin Cook. So it, it is a story. What What about you?
0: It is a definite story, and and the one thing is the the Vikings won 13 games and, and had a great year. But you go back and realize Cook got hurt in what week four. Dalvin Cook was a steal as a draft pick. Dalvin Cook ACLs are like Tommy John's, which means they they force you out for an extended period of time. But once you can come back, it's not like you're going to be done. It is a major story, and I would and I would say as far as intrigue about this offense goes the ability to to have hopefully dalvin cook for an entire season and to build on on his abilities mm-hmm. is going to be very intriguing so i think it's not just a story i think it's an incredibly important story okay all right so next on is it a story or is it off season filler the headline is remmers is a guard for now in the first week of otas mike remmers played right tackle but over the last 2 weeks according to collar he's worked at guard while Rashad Hill holds down the first team right tackle spot in and, and, and may I say this, in a league now where the left ends are becoming very good. This is no this is not this is not two thousand and six where your right end could pass rush and was good and your left end was, was called the base end. It's fluff.
1: It's fluff because
2: it's fluff. You agree it's fluff? I think it is fluff for now. But come July, it would be a story. But did, So here's the thing. Oh, I
1: like that. They had... They didn't... The, the, the offensive line that started week one last year never played together in those positions before, right? Is that uh, yeah. accurate? Like, yeah. even in the preseason? Yes. yes. They were shuffling? Because Reef was... Yes. So, like, n- as far as offensive line oh, right. depth chart and where guys are slotted, it changes so much between now and week one.
0: It has to be fluff right now. So I'm, I'm, I sort of side with Dave. It's fluff for right now. I'm sorry, gentlemen, but I'm going with this is a story. Ooh. I'm going with this is a story because I think they're going to make the move. I Putting think your Re- whole arm of beaten
1: potatoes right. Remers now. Remmers
0: is going to right guard, I think, and and Rashad Hill as a backup tackle. I like Rashad Hill as potentially your starting right tackle in a league now. Back to my point where left ends are can be very good and you face some tough ones. I think this is very much a story, and I think this again addresses the fact that the Vikings failed to address the guard spot in the first round of the draft and I believe that that is going to be if there's going to be a list of regrets at the end of the 2018 season that's going to be number one on the Judge
1: list I just poured a full bowl of meat and potatoes over his head right there a full bowl so of so back to my roots <laughs> yeah. boys
0: back to my football roots yeah. there how'd you like that accessvikings.com let's get Scoggins in here tomorrow and we're going to break it down for you
1: accessvikings.com that
0: was a great commercial alright what's the third one number three is it a story or is it off season filler Zimmer wants Hunter to cut it loose. Daniel Daniel Hunter, according to Collar, set the bar extremely high with twelve and a half sacks in 2016. Then regressed a bit to a solid seven sacks last season. Hmm. Zimmer is trying to encourage encourage Hunter to focus on playing with some recklessness. Wow, what do you make of this? Wow, um,
1: it's mo- it's fluff. I mean, it's it uh, was he not playing? It, sometimes I don't know. So th- this type of thing seems very hyperbolic, I guess. So I'm gonna say it, it feels like fluff to me. Go sack the quarterback more often. Like I, okay, isn't that what he's trying to do every time he's on the field? Like yes. was he was he out there with was he out there like Randy Moss? I'm gonna play when I want to play as a defensive pass rusher. I don't know. I agree. I think it just
0: means they want more product productivity. I out of think it. it's pure off season fluff. It's fluff. It, it's been the the point's been made clear before that they want what pressure on the quarterback, right? So if you get to, if you get to him, that's great. But if you pressure him, it's complete flop. I love that that
1: too. Like the whole n- the notion of hey, w- here is the epiphany that we had. We want to sack the quarterback
0: more well, often. Well, and be like more aggressive and to. reckless. That that is a coach saying something for the sake of saying it, and we all buy it. And finally, hold on a second though. Yeah, yeah, that
2: word reckless. Yep. That doesn't seem like a Mike Zimmer defense word right there. I don't think it is. To play reckless. I don't, th-
0: I don't think it is. I think it's pure. Fl- I That's think-
2: why I think it could be a story. Obviously, the Mike wow. Zimmer defense is about pressure, not necessarily sack numbers. And to tell somebody a defensive end to play recklessly? Wow. Look at this guy. Maybe that means the defense, uh, the theory is changing a little bit. Evolving. Wow.
0: Off wow. his, his sickbed bed and throwing in a... Throwing, t- throwing takes all Ow. over the field right now. All right. Red I can see hot. it. <laughs> and?
2: Uh, we want to play reckless and uh, get to the quarterback, uh, Daniil.
0: And finally, before we get to Chorsky, the final one. Is it a story or is it fluff? Laquan Treadwell, again with the ones. I'm just going to give you the headline. I'm not even going to read it. Laquan Treadwell, again with the ones. Second straight week, by the way. It's fluff. Oh. <laughs> can, we, can we all agree? Thank you. Okay. that was it. Okay, thank you.
1: That did it. Well, with the ones, in what context? Like with the football offensive uh, like first uh, team? On. Yes, or second there...
0: straight week. So all his snaps with the first team while Kendall Wright played with the second team. He wasn't just down the street practicing with the Eden Prairie <laughs> High School
1: ones? The sound effects just said the whole thing. Okay. Just said it all. All right. Yeah, I think that... Wh- why? Why is he practicing with the ones? So Rick feels have, good about his draft. They have, they already have, uh, they signed Kendall Wright to be the third barbershop. Cause Rick said right. pretty, please put him out there with the ones just in shorts, just to generate some trade value here in the next couple weeks. Right. Uh, we're going to talk to Tom Chorsky. When we come back, he has hoisted Lord Stanley's cup in his life and we'll see if the, the capitals can close it out for the first time in their franchise history. We have some wild off season speculation. We can get to with Tom Dan Hayes on twins in about an hour and 20 minutes Let's talk for a minute here about Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. Now that the uh, the summer heat is upon us here, we're in June, and so it's uh, it's that summer weather feel. Did you know this that warm summer weather can actually cause batteries to uh, go kaput in your car much more often than cold weather? I never would have guessed that, but the the smart people at Luther Brookdale Toyota told me about that. I would have thought, yeah, you know, when it's like 20 below 0, I would think that that probably uh, irreparably damages your battery much more frequently, right? But it's actually the the warm weather, the hot weather that we're going to have here for the next few months that puts your battery more at risk. So go in, make sure you get an inspection. Uh, the 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 guys in that service department that I've been going to for about half my life now, my family for thirty plus years, will make sure that your car is safe and ready to go for those summer road trips, those two, three, four hour trips up to uh, the northern lakes areas. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and the website is lutherbrookdaletoyota.com Mackey and Judd now continue Prepare to be
2: dazzled on 1500 ESPN
0: capital showing the Ovechkin at center point formation here as Kuznetsov goes cross, size Carlson scores from Ovechkin's office Carlson makes it 4 nothing, Washington and the Golden Knights are headed toward the brink late in the second period in Game 4. All right. Oh, hockey and Canada?
1: Let's bring our guy in here. Fired up. Tommy Chorsky. Uh, all right. Knowing what you know, Tom Chorsky, welcome to the show about the Washington Capitals' history of not exactly winding up with a happy ending at the end of uh, of the season and the fact that they tend to blow a lot of 3-1 and 2-0 series leads. How comfortable would you feel right now, either as a fan or even someone in the room right now for Washington?
3: Well, um, I think, I mean, I, they have a lot of momentum going and yeah, eventually you got to think that those, uh, those curses or those omens or whatever um, are going to be chased away. Uh, I, I would love to be in that locker room and kind of hearing what the, what the mantra is and and kind of what they, how they're, how they're, you know, dealing with if they, if they, I'm sure they're not trying not to think of the past, but uh, it's, it's never been, you know, closer for them. I, I played for Washington for one year, not very much. I ended up having surgery, but I arrived there the year after, I think the last time they went to the Stanley cup finals and um, they were Uh, The very next year, I don't know what happened, but they were very far away from being a a Stanley um, Cup-type contender. But uh, they have to be excited, and and Alex Ovechkin has been fantastic, and and Kuznetsov is fantastic. Just an incredible player, and so is Nicholas Backstrom, and they've got a good D and TJ Oshie. You know they've got they've got a lot of good things rolling right now, a lot of momentum.
0: So, uh, Tom, the, the storyline seems to be that that Ovechkin is playing so well, and that he's ne- never done this before. A- as a guy who played the, the game and has watched it a lot, do you see that, or do you see that that he is playing that he's basically playing like he always did in the playoffs, but his teammates are superior at this time?
3: no i better. think it's a it's a l li- no it's a little bit of both he's got a he's got a really strong surrounding cast um guys that have really um played well also in the playoffs but I do see maybe just a, a tinge more um of like leadership from him It feels like despite the other players contributing and and doing well and as strong as they are around him you know like i said like backstrom and oshi and um and nuts off, off yep. and and they're, they're getting some great goaltending, too, Some just some fantastic saves from Holpi. But you just sense that this time around Alex Ovechkin is leading the team. You know, it used to feel like he was more like, um, and this might not be the right analogy, but, you know, you watch LeBron, and LeBron is just out there. He's playing and doing everything he can, and he does a lot, and he, he carries the team. But it doesn't feel like he's a leader leading the team. He's just out there you know, scoring 50 points and saying, you know, hey, I'm doing everything I can do. You guys got to do more. Whereas I think Ovechkin and his his personality for over the course of his career has always been... He seems just as excited when someone else scores than when he scores. So mm-hmm. he does have that infectious attitude. But it just seems like when you're watching him play right now, that he is—he's playing. He's, he's always played hard, but he seems to be playing hard both ways. He's scoring big goals, and then you just get that aura around him that he's leading this team.
0: The the stat that that absolutely stops me about the Caps is that they've lost ten series after being up by two games in, in their playoff history. That's the most of any major pro sports fr- franchise, Tommy. Um, as a, as a guy that played, tell, tell me this. How much do you, if you are in your third year with, with the caps, so y- you certainly are not r- responsible for their past problems. But when you have a statistic and a franchise history like that, how much does that at least factor into the thought process of uh, players? Do you think?
3: Uh, you know, right now, I don't think it's factoring too much um, in in most of those guys. I think they're when you're when you're at this stage in the in the Stanley Cup Finals, um, you're so consumed with just what's happening right now and what's ahead of you in the next you know hours or days. Um, I remember when when we were, I don't remember what what triggered this, but I remember what Jacques Lemaire said to us in in New Jersey. We were up. We were up 3-0 on Detroit, and we must have been having a practice. It was either in between uh, between games, maybe morning skate of game four, and we were kind of tight, I think, or he thought we were tight, and maybe we were bobbling the puck or whatever the case was. But he pulls us in, kind of blows the whistle and pulls us in, and he said, they're not going to win four straight games, so just relax. Yeah and and he was right you know so sometimes when you're on the verge of winning the cup it's such a big deal um that you you might be so close you can taste it tense but at the same token um you know you kind of can spin it around and say look the our opponent isn't going to beat us you know three straight here so um i think i think washington is in the driver's seat on the flip side you know i've i've read that vegas is going to um, try and play loose and have fun and have, have you know, no, uh, no worries. They feel like the pressure's off them. And so we, we're we going to, I think, going to see another just tremendous hockey game because Vegas has proven they've got tons and tons of, of uh, energy and, and tons of jump and grit, and it, it's been a wonderful story.
1: Tom Trusky uh, is with a Stanley Cup champion, uh, Mackie and Judd. What, what do you remember about, as we, I'm going to zoom out just to the playoff, Two month stretch in general, because that's, I mean, that's like that. We're starting in early May, and it was the same when when you won the Stanley Cup in nineteen ninety five. And by the end, you've played two months of the most intense, physically and and mentally and emotionally intense hockey of your life. I'm assuming. What do you yeah. remember just about the day to day and series to series grind of the NHL postseason?
3: Um, I remember that it was very, it was, uh, it was kind of. Um, business like or sophisticated where you were you were really approaching each game with a game plan and a strategy um, and and it changes by series because each team you're playing has different personnel and they might have different strengths or weaknesses, and they've got different tendencies and so you're kind of looking at hey where can we where can we expose them where can we um, you know use our advantages uh, against their weaknesses? Uh, I remember also that despite it being so physically you know, grinding over over such a long period of time and and big hits and and um, and, and just obviously intense hockey. Uh, I remember feeling like the adrenaline kind of was a little bit more. That it was a, you didn't feel as much pain um, as you probably should have or would have. Uh, you had you, you weren't as tired as maybe you should have or, or could have been. You know under regular circumstances that that adrenaline that you're playing for the Stanley cup. And, and, and remember each series, obviously, as you win, you're getting closer and you're getting closer and you're getting closer. And it just, it just releases more and more, um, adrenaline. And so I think that's something that, you know, we always marvel at how these guys keep going, but it is such a big deal. It is such, um, it is such a, it's such a big deal for players to to get this close and to keep marching towards it and and to know that they might be able to raise Stanley's Cup. Uh, it, it it helps you overcome all the all the physical demands.
1: Yeah. So okay. So what about on the flip side? Because because the year before you guys won the Cup, you lost Game Seven, double overtime on the road, Rangers. You had you're right on the doorstep of the Stanley Cup Finals. What was that feeling like from the minute that the game was over to however many days it took to sort of process and obviously it's a it's a tale that wound up with a happy ending for you a year later. but what was that experience like?
3: yeah, yeah, thank God it would have been uh, it would have been a tough um <laughs> a tough post career thing to look back at, but you know I think immediately when it happened um was obviously disappointment and you're kind of shocked but you're you're in your second overtime you know this thing's going to end and when it ends it's going to be sudden and uh immediate um and so you're you know we had been game 7 against the rangers our arch rival uh in the same you know basically the same metropolitan area um and y- you know at first you're just exhausted you're you're bummed out it's um, it was uh, just kind of, you're just kind of left a little bit in shock and, and disbelief until you can kind of um, process it. But I remember feeling not that much later that we had come so far as a team, and I was there for the three years before that. Um, that was my third year, and so I guess I, I was trying to look on the bright side that, um, man, we're we're a good team. We got a good thing going. We're going to be good again next year. Uh, you know, let's not let this ruin what potentially, you know, could be continued momentum. And so I just remember feeling, yes, disappointed, but more more so kind of proud and of what we had accomplished because at that point the Devils really hadn't been um, on the main stage and considered a contender. And then, um, like you said, the next year we were able to come back and, and kind of get back Get back to work, and we're able to get it done.
0: What's that like to hoist that cup?
3: Wow, Um, it's you know, everyone says surreal, but it's hard to describe surreal when you're when you're doing it. But uh, yeah, it's because you've watched. It's like you've watched this on TV your whole life growing up, and you've seen the greatest players ever. You know, raise it. Uh, you know, through the Islanders dynasties and the, and the Edmonton Oilers and Wayne Gretzky and and then Pittsburgh Penguins and Mario Lemieux and and Yager and and all those players and and then all of a sudden you're getting to do it and you just it's almost like you can't believe you're holding the thing over your head and that uh, that you did it um, and and then it becomes you know it wasn't just a a, a yearly. Uh, goal. It was kind of a lifelong goal, so that's another very sure. impactful thought process. That it's something you have probably watched since you were six or seven, and now you're doing it. Um, and it puts you in, you know, and then it puts you in some pretty unique company. And then the the, the there is an the element of bringing it to the fans. You know, your your loyal fans that at bunnies, uh, right? yeah well i mean i it's for, Bunnies, were right yeah yeah i had it at I had it at Bunnies because that 's where my mom and dad would have to go and watch us play because we didn 't have a big satellite dish, and at that time in one thousand nine hundred and ninety five uh it was it was their their venue of choice for um pulling in and then they 'd tune in the devil 's game so they could watch but uh, and then Gary, the owner there, just said, hey, if you could ever bring that cup over, that would be awesome (laughs) in my head. I ended up, Neil Broughton had it before me, and he got done with it, and for whatever reason, it was supposed to come to me two days later, and the guy's like, well, I can just head on over, and so I had it for an extra half a day, which I got everything out of it I could by bar hopping and grabbing some friends and, and getting together with it, you know, at a house party and just sitting with it'd be on the coffee table and we're just sitting around kind of looking at it and talking about it. Yeah.
1: That's great stuff. Hey, thanks for the stories, Tom. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. Thanks you guys. Talk to you yeah, later. Tom Chorsky, a friend of the Mackey and Judd Show and Stanley Cup champion, nineteen ninety five with the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, he was he was on the team the year he scored twenty goals and had twenty assists the, the year before too on the team that uh, that got beaten game seven on the road doorstep of the Stanley Cup final. So he's been through pretty much the entire the entire uh the gamut. Yeah, positive and uh negative emotional gamut there. Dave, good luck can you do in stuff in this next
2: segment I am Max maybe? My very best. We've got the help of some great sound and stuff. I uh, will be also getting peak, peak form Bill Belichick. Wow, okay. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. I don't want to get any messages. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad.
0: I like these guys, but sometimes they think they're too damn smart.
2: Mackie and Judd. Dummies. Mm -hmm. On 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by Renai Tankless Water Heaters. Meet the all-new Renai Sensei Tankless Water Heater. Offering an endless supply of hot water, significant energy savings, and Wi-Fi monitoring. Visit TanklessIsMore.com to see why Tankless is more.
0: Mackie and Judd show, give me a go-no-go for stuff you should know about. Hosts? Go. Producer? We're go. Technical? Go. Music? Go. Volume? Go. The actual stuff? We are go. Control? We are a go. You are clear to launch stuff you should know about. We are go. In what is sure to be the gutsiest edition of Stuff You Are Ever Gonna Hear, here is Dave Harrigan playing Injured.
2: The gutsiest since yesterday. <laughs> this, is gu- I think this is. I think this is more guttier gutsy. than yesterday. Wow, yeah. I really appreciate we that. We gotta fellas. find you some
1: al- uh, some apple cider vinegar no, to I help can't op- do that. open up the pipes. I can't do
2: it. I know. You I like to do it. I can't. Uh, open up the pipes. No. Yeah. It's Like when my mom used to maybe gargle salt water as a kid when he got the sore throat. Apparently yeah. that works. Yep. Oh, oh. I mean, oh, make me throw up. Apple cider vinegar is far, far more detestable than salt water. But well, then yeah. it's definitely not happening. All right, another arrow in the quiver of my fight against Eats and Replay. It happened in our own backyard last night, or actually yesterday afternoon ouch
3: off a leg get out of my kick. crack bat. have they called that they're calling that the third out and now the umpires all stand and stare at
2: one another someone has to have seen this all the white Sox are off the field are all but off the field that's terrible that none of the four umpires have seen that it's not a reviewable play being hit by a pitch is But Kepler fouled it off both legs. That's terrible. It is terrible. Indignant Dick right there. Dick Bramer letting him have it. I mean, come on. Dick
0: actually post-game outside the booth... Kept going. He was still upset. Just to you how, or to just, to... just to the general to people going was, downstairs to I, eat, I think. Dick was like, how oh, did they miss that? I don't understand how they missed that. If I
1: was standing there for that conversation, I would have been the only one who couldn't hear it, though. Oh, he, he would have muted me. you out. Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, so So they appealed, I believe they appealed to the first base umpire, who they determined was looking into the dugout when this transpired. And then they tried to go down to the third base guy, and I just saw him throw up his arms and like, I didn't see it. Hmm. So why, that, can't, why can't they review that? That's how that? they missed it. Who knows? Because the policies surrounding
2: instant replay are stupid, No, you're,
0: that's correct. I mean, how do you determine that there's this one thing that you could fix instantly? Yeah. And that's the weird. one thing. No, no, no. Can't you can, look at
1: that. Like, if you, can review, if you can review a fair foul and then place base runners where you think that they should yes. be, like, that's one of the most subjective things because... Who knows what would have happened or mm-hmm. if a base runner would have actually gotten to third or
2: whatever. Well, and as Bramer said, you can review if a pitched ball hits a batter or not. Right. But not if the ball hits him off of the bat. If the, if the ball hits the bat When it bounces off first. his bleeping thigh. Yeah. yeah that's where. I mean. Sorry, I can't get worked Pace up. Pace of play,
0: though. Sped, sped up the, the game because he was out. That's so a very good point. It helped us out. And it, it did. didn't matter in the it end. 4-2 thir- win. 237 in game one. Really? Two thirty seven. 307 in game two, but 237 in game one. It's amazing what they can do
2: when they know they have a double dip.
0: <laughs> exactly, home plate umpire. Right?
2: Yeah, it's amazing. Um, we had one last night. Crowds anticipating a strike em out inning. And there it goes. Number seven, number eight, and number nine. It wasn't just a strike em out inning. We had, boys, the immaculate inning again. Max Scherzer. Multiple in his career now. That was his second joining. Lefty Grove, Sandy Koufax. Nolan Ryan and Randy Johnson is the only pitchers in Major League Baseball. At least that's what they think, according to ESPN. Jason Stark loves that one. uh, As having thrown multiple immaculate innings, nine pitches, nine strikes, nine outs.
1: Pretty impressive. And somebody who covered the Tigers pointed out, too, that seven years ago, he was sent down to the minor leagues as a Detroit Tigers pitcher with a a 7.5 ERA. Wow. And ever since then, he's been one of the greatest pitchers of all time. If you look at the numbers.
0: 99 pitches, 81 strikes in his outing Last oh, night. my. That's ridiculous. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> I love these numbers. Over the history of Major League Baseball, about 216,000 games, there have been only 23 perfect games. 0.0106% of all the games have been perfect games. There have been roughly 2 million innings, 91 immaculate innings. That's 0. 0.0045. Wow. <laughs> Even Judd can be impressed and happy with that. that it's is not that a no-no-no-no.
1: That's an immaculate. N- if, we, if we start to see a run on immaculate innings, Judd's going to rant
2: here in about two
1: months. What happens him. again? Everyone's swinging
0: and striking out. I'm bored with
2: this. Let's go back to September 5th, 2005. You'll remember this classic Musburger moment. 1500 red-blooded Americans just decided to apply to Florida State. Like a breather. 1500 <laughs> red-blooded Americans just decided to apply to Florida State. Well, after last night. I believe 1,500 red-blooded Americans became San Diego Padre fans.
3: Hey, how about a fan? She caught that last foul ball with her beer. Yeah. Yeah. No Uh, bad hops there. Oh. Oh. And she's letting it go. (laughs) She downed it.
2: Good for Gabrielle DeMarco. That's pretty funny. Yeah, so catches the foul ball off the hop, but still in the beer cup. Very impressive. You know what though? And Not chugs it. Impressive, but she chugged like a third of a beer, right? It wasn't if, if she if well, she would have gra- it was at least half full, maybe a little more.
1: I yeah, thought. Okay, yeah,
0: it looked pretty full to me. I mean, no, no, some the, of the, it obviously the, b- the spilled ball out. knocks.
1: It's a little bit of grandstanding, but it was it was impressive. If she had. If she had grabbed someone else's full beer next what to her, you and chugged the whole her. beer. I'm oh.
0: smitten with this person. She took smitten. like a, she
1: took like two shots of beer. That's what she did.
0: It was it was she fine. She caught it a foul ball in her beer. She likes baseball, and she slammed a beer. Yeah, I mean the ball this landed is damn near the perfect human being, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I just don't have to look out. Ah, uh, she's
2: sleeping right now. Hey, Don, I just thought I'd take a weekend trip to San Diego. No big deal. Just always oh, love the Padres. Oh, always I'm want sure, to check things out. I'm
0: sure this kid's going to be equally smitten with a 48-year-old <laughs> sort of fat guy that can't shoot a basketball. Yeah, I know you guys are thinking about a little,
1: uh, little vacation here maybe later in the month. <laughs> little I mean, San Diego? All the of a sudden, would be like travel what? plans change. Why do you want to go to San Diego? Oh, uh, you know, just uh, maybe they got a good beer there. <laughs> Yep, good beer. I'm going to the game by myself. Why? I, I just you know I just like to go to baseball. Looking for a nice rack of ribs that they have a nice place <laughs> down the street from Petco Park. <laughs> Incredible.
2: How far away from Petco? Ninety-eight? Ninety-nine? 100. 100. <laughs> All right, we're gonna test your Bill Belichick knowledge. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. He hit the podium yesterday. First I'm gonna let you listen to the line of questioning and what Bill's response was to two questions from this reporter. Okay.
3: Coach, did the absence of uh, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski slow your progress down at all, or how would that affect what you've been trying to do?
2: Yeah, well, the OTA
1: system is voluntary.
3: But did it affect your progress of what you were trying to do at oh all? Have like, been affected at it all?
1: It's a voluntary program.
2: The reporter then continued, Oh my God. saying... Who is that reporter? I'm not sure who it is, but he said, quote, that was the question. What was Bill's response? Uh, a gunshot was it? Was it a gunshot? Close. Okay.
1: <laughs> was it a scuffle and a, and a and a groan? We're moving on to minicamp.
2: Once again,
3: Coach, did the absence of uh, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski slow your progress down at all, or how would that affect what you've been trying to do? Yeah,
1: well, the OTA system is voluntary. <laughs> I
3: love it but did it affect your progress or what you were trying to do at all? Have any effect
1: at all? It's a voluntary program.
2: Uh, Coach, that, that wasn't the question. Well, that's the answer. <laughs> oh, he said, "What what's the answer? Well, that's the answer. Oh, well, that's, that's the, the answer. answer. Okay. Yes.
1: Well, that's the answer. <laughs> uh, whatever. Hey, yeah, the questions and the answers don't always have to
2: match. Okay? As we Clearly. know every day on this show. Yes. Uh, LeBron James is hosting a little press conference yesterday. The talk was all about the Philadelphia Eagles for the while and the White House and blah, blah, blah. And then it got to Rachel Nichols asking, well, how about the Lynx, WNBA? They weren't even invited to the White House. Your thoughts? For you know, them not to even
3: be invited, you know, playing our beautiful game of basketball. No matter if it's the WNBA or the NBA, or if it's the little leagues or high school or whatever the case may be, it's, it's basketball. It's, it's our beautiful game, and and those those women, those girls, they do—they're um, unbelievable at doing it. I think it's just, it's laughable.
2: Now, Lynx in D.C. right now, spending the day before they play the Mystics tomorrow, just doing some charity work, some community outreach. It is laughable,
1: although I, it's not as laughable for Judd, who forgot to put the Lynx in his underappreciated athletes. It's on a each beautiful team game. I this think this they all morning. do a great job. I think they're
0: all for everyone. It's fantastic. who plays the
1: game. Patronizing. We have so we have patronizing Everyone's Judd. We have insincere plays. Judd. I love
0: the many faces of Judd on this show. I'm telling you, everyone should just say, "White House, see you later."
2: Speaking of the celebration at the White House yesterday that was without the Philadelphia Eagles, it was still covered by Tim Furlong, reporter for NBC10 in Philadelphia. He sent out a few tweets with photos, and, well, he had some things to say as well. Take it for what it's worth. Not exactly sure who these Eagles fans are, but I have counted exactly one item of clothing with an Eagles logo on it at the White House. Adding later, I've asked six of the fans at the white house who was the eagles quarterback during the super bowl not one person knew and there were 900 nine, and the one guy
1: in an eagles jersey had a russian accent all there's 900 <laughs> 900 900 guys i must i must break you <laughs> cowboys eagles will break cowboys sorry hi are you from the south side of philadelphia yes <laughs> niet niet <laughs>
2: One more item regarding the White House. (coughs) Next week, uh, in Singapore, there will be a summit between President Donald Trump and North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un.
1: That's
0: according to the New York Post. Great
2: item. Are we going to stream it on uh, ESPN Plus? Oh, I think we should. It gets better, yes. It gets better, Phil. Sources have said the worm. Dennis Rodman will be arriving in Singapore a day before the summit and may even play some sort of role in the negotiations quoting a source who sounds a lot like the President of the United States. No matter what you might think about his presence, one thing's for sure, the ratings will be huge. Oh, for sure. This is, I love this world right now. Our forefathers
1: absolutely envisioned this, (laughs) right? Let's let's craft this perfectly so that Dennis Dennis Rodman and Donald Trump can go make peace with dictators halfway
0: across the world. Dennis Rodman of all people. Oh, it's so... That's yeah, just delicious. It's
1: amazing. Uh, Dan Hayes on Twins in about 45 minutes, and Courtney Cronin on Vikings in the uh, in the noon hour. Let's talk about you know what. Speaking of streaming platforms, the TCL TV. If you want to watch old Dennis Rodman footage, I bet you you can find some old Dennis Rodman games on the NBA TV streaming platform with that built-in Roku device. Uh, we always have the 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TV. On in the studio here. And the 4,000 plus streaming channels you get access to is a huge game changer for sports fans. Uh, And if you're a wrestling geek like me, you get access to WWE Network. And there's no extra cords or cables, none of that stuff. It's all built in. It's a connected TV. It's one of the best connected TVs in the world right now. TCL is getting rave reviews across multiple credible platforms. You can find reviews in USA Today. Uh, CNET is calling the P Series one of the best TVs in the world right now. Or you can just stop into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. Go back to the electronics section and go stare. At the 4K picture quality on one of these TCL TVs, and imagine watching uh, the US Open on it, or imagine watching the Stanley Cup Finals or the NBA. Phil Mackey.
0: If you need him, it's trouble. Why For, is it trouble? So, two is because he's young and he's going to struggle at times. Judd Zolgad
1: I changed my thought from a half hour ago You are a bad person.
2: Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Ever dream of playing football at US Bank Stadium? Well,. Let's make some dreams come true. Sign up your team right now to participate in United Health Group's Touch of Football flag football tournament Saturday, September 8th. Flag football teams will take over U.S. Bank Stadium for this one-day six-on-six tournament. All to raise money for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation team spots are are limited. So get yourself signed up now. Details at 1500ESPN.com. The keyword is events. Thank you, Dave. I just, this is super random, but
1: I just clicked on an article from The Ringer. Uh, did you know that So there's a new movie coming
0: out called I, Tag with Jeremy Renner? I was just Renner. reading this article. Were you reading? Yes. About Jeremy Renner's broken so,
1: arms. Yes. So apparently Jeremy Renner broke both of his arms shortly into the filming of this new movie Tag. And so the studio, I'll just read you some of this. The actor broke both of his arms three days into filming the movie, forcing the studio to resort to special effects and forcing one writer down a deeply disturbing path of obsession. So they had to recreate his arms in a lot of these scenes with CGI. Yep because he had casts on both Yes, of his green arms. casts
0: so like green screens <laughs> so they could take his arms out his broken arms out like and put CGI the arms arms back in
2: How did he break the arms? That's Do we what know I that?
0: that's what I didn't find yet. It's
2: like a Greg Child
0: situation where they just simultaneously exploded like his knees. And of all the films, I mean Tag, I mean there's action but it wouldn't seem like something where you'd break it both was, arms.
1: It was the third day of filming. Uh yeah so J- John Ham was on Ellen last week and casually mentioned that something happened to his co-star Renner during filming that affected the entire production and the final cut of the movie he broke both of his arms on the 3rd day of shooting and had to wear green casts that could be edited out of the majority of the film using CGI
0: But Dave's right <laughs> like did he did he take us a- Header off some, I mean, break both arms. So you'd be trying to catch yourself somehow if you're falling, but you'd have to be falling a distance to break both. If your you guys broke, how many bones have you guys broken before? I'm at one collarbone when I was five. Ooh,
1: it, what happened? It hurt like hell. Ugh. Uh wiped out on Scoring my Scoring a baseball game for the other kids. <laughs> fell done? off, fell off the side of the bench. Shooting baskets. Um, no. Actually, that, explain, that explains. It It no. looks like you had a broken collarbone in that. It did. It did.
0: No, I was riding my bike and I uh, I lost control of the bike going down a hill and I wiped out on grass, so I was fine. Oof. The handlebar of the bike, though, when I wiped out, whipped to one side and whipped back and hit me straight in the collarbone and broke it. Oof. It was painful. It was hurt. this
1: with training wheels or were you riding an actual bike I was when an, you were five? An,
0: an actual bike at five.
1: I feel like that's pretty early age to be riding an actual bike. Clearly it was. Well,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, clearly it <laughs> wasn't. It hurt
0: like hell. But I did my, my collarbone
2: it? when I was 15. It. Oh, you did you dare? Not fun. How? Uh, I was having a water fight with my brother and cousins. I think it was on 4th of July, and I slipped and fell, and my brother, who's much larger than me, decided this was the time to jump oh, on he, little brother. Tony romo you. Yeah, and oh. the shoulders went straight into the ground, and that was all she wrote. That's excruciating pain, too. I mean, it, that hurts like hell. Yeah, for about an hour later, it did. At first it was kind of shock and you don't real, I mean, you realize it's broken, but don't really realize, but then it, you know, the, ugh. the adrenaline kicks off. And ugh, yeah. It's not good. I broke my thumb in a youth baseball game one time.
1: It was my, I'm trying to think of which thumb it was. I think it was my right thumb. It was my right thumb. And I think I've told this story on the air, maybe like three or four years ago, but I, it was like, you know, 13, age 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there and uh i was hitting lead off hit a ball into the outfield and tried to stretch it into a double i think i was safe actually but i spiked my thumb into the ground trying to like do a little pop up kind of a slide so just my thumb instead of like putting my hands on the ground and putting pushing myself up feet first slide i had my thumb kind of perpendicular to the rest of my hand if that makes sense yes. and spiked it yes didn't know it was broken until after the game but couldn't swing a bat the rest of the game so bunt singles in the next two at-bats because well, the pitcher didn't know. Look you know, at you beating the shift. So the, co- the coach said, hey, the other team doesn't know you can't swing a bat. So just get up there and drop a bunt down the third baseline. Like the, they won't know. They're not going to be playing in on you. Nice so. work. You know, it's a great athletic achievement at age 12. Those Phil Mackey
2: wheels coming at
1: really? yeah. yep. hand. <laughs> they don't really wheels.
0: exist anymore. It didn't work so, so well during your tryout. For the golfer baseball no, team. No, they, they did not. <laughs> when, no. When they had to tell you, you know, dude, you might want to do something else.
1: Uh, intern Max has put together the Minnesota sports prop bets for the day. And there's one in here. It's actually a more of a quiz for one of us. And it's not me because I'm already reading it. So it's probably going to be Judd. Right. That's what the quiz will be. Uh, so we'll get to Minnesota sports prop bets. Dan Hayes on twins at 1130. And then Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com covers the Vikings, will join us to talk off-season workouts and stories. And she wants to talk about about uh, her golf game, too. We've been informed. I don't know if it's like to make fun of you for your lack of athletic ability or what it I is, think
0: because but... she's go- golfing today in, th- in the oh, Vikings that's what event we're doing. Okay. with Matthew. I think that's why. She, okay. she probably wants to make fun of Collar because she can probably golf. Th- does Collar really golf? I don't think he golfs. I oh, think so he this borrowed could be a clubs. Disaster. Oh, no. Yeah, this could be. I just hope that this is on tape. Much like my
2: debacle. Wow. I hope okay. this is on tape. All right. Sit tight. The Mackie and Jug show will continue in a moment. By the suspense. This is a, a cliffhanger. Mackey and Jug.
0: Cliffhanger. On
1: 1500
2: ESPN.